Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. It's funny, anytime we talk about bourbon, it tends to start trending in my timelines or people sliding my DMs talking about, about bourbon. Speaking of which, check out the 919 Beer Podcast. Uh, we just did our final episode of the year featuring me, Adam Eshball, Wayne Holt, and my backyard neighbor, Rick, who is a, uh, a bourbon... He fancies himself a bourbon connoisseur. Wayne, through years of trading, has a couple bottles of Pappy Van Winkle. You're familiar with that one, Joe? Correct. So he has like a 15-year and he has a 23. So we did a five-bourbon blind taste test to see, all right, which ones hold up, which ones don't. There's a new bourbon on the scene uh, called New Riff that I was able to try. It's called New Riff, like you know, riffing on the guitar or mm-hmm. whatever. When we did the blind taste test. That's the one you liked? No, actually ended up being number two, right behind the Pappy 23. Oh, look at you. Nice flex. What? That you could identify the best one. Well, I didn't. I, well, I'm just saying was we weren't trying to identify what was the best one. We were trying to identify which ones we liked. I wasn't trying to play the game of, oh, this one's clearly Pappy 23. It was like, no, this one actually is really, really good. This one's got complex flavors. What? There was one I didn't like that was like way too hot, man. Hot? What does that mean? Too much spice. Like the proof. It's like a higher oh, like, you're, you know, you're cask just strength, like whatever. Drinking yeah, you're ethanol. Like, you're basically drinking heat, man. Yeah. Although on a day like today, you would take it. Like if I'm tailgating outside PNC Arena ahead of the game tonight, like I would absolutely take the higher proof and just get that warmth going, man. Or you could just take out a mortgage and drink at the game. I'm gonna try not to do that tonight. Did you I was kind of sort of upset that you weren't sitting on the floor last night. They have a new well, who's, they have a new whose reason is that? It's my fault. However, <laughs> I said kind of sorta. I didn't say I was completely <laughs> torn up about it. I'll explain that in a second. They've yeah. put up a bar. I saw that. In the corner there, right in front of the entrance to the Canes locker room. I saw, I saw that. And I was like, you know, no one really in the media is ballsy enough to go up and get a drink. I am. Obvious definitely would. <laughs> Definitely, because I do think they have liquor drinks there, too. They do. Yeah. They do. No, I absolutely have the balls yeah, you to would. go to that bar. And I guess they would ask you for, like, a, a wristband, maybe? I don't know. I, don't I really know don't either. know. There's only one way to find out. I know. Next NC State game I go to, which is January 4th. So that's the Duke game. There's only one way to find out. So you might, if you guys go to that Duke NC State game, you might see me posted up in the corner with a beer watching the game. Because why not? No, no, you you can't go to that specific bar and get a beer. You got to get a drink. I'm fine then. I'll get a I'll get a mixed drink. Okay. I'll get or I'll just get a neat pour after, bourbon. After that first half last night, I was sitting down with uh, Andrew Carter and, mm-hmm. and Luke Tukak from the News Observer, and, and Andrew Carter wearing the same J Crew sweater I have that doesn't fit me anymore, and. <laughs> Brian Kersey from the ACC came over. Paul Brazo from the ACC came over. Great to see both of them. Um, and we were both like, the, the halftime game was mm-hmm. the little kids. We were like, this this halftime game is better than it, what we just saw the it, first time. It was. We were like, we definitely, I go, they, they sell beer now. Mm-hmm. Unlike the 24-point game against Virginia Tech, like, we can go upstairs and get a beverage mm-hmm. if we're so inclined. I don't, yeah, but if you want to. Do they still sell? Now, question for you that you would know. 
Do they sell beer flavored beer at state games, or is it only pernicious? No, they still sell. They sell beer flavored beer. There. Do they sell Stormbrew? No, they don't. No. Okay, so what would be, what would the what would my choice be? Old Tuffy. That's what they sell. Yeah. Not my favorite. That's fine. I mean, they have a Miller Light. No, Bud, they don't, Bud Light. It's, it's, Light. They have a Bud Light. I'm pretty sure it's Bud Light, not Miller. Okay. They don't sell Miller Light there. I think they sell either Coors Light or Bud Light. I can't remember. I can handle a Coors Light. But yeah. No, the, yeah, the reason why I wasn't on the floor last night is because uh, you specifically- <laughs> No, I, I marked my territory like a wolf. You specifically <laughs> said to me that- I, I texted Craig in the afternoon and even told him before like, on the show. I'm like, listen, that's my seat. That's do not my let, seat. Do not let, I'm going to be there and I need a seat. That's what I told him. Please. Pretty please. Wow. Didn't realize you were so territorial. So well, impressive. I also had a right. Yeah. So, do you think I would have? Do you honestly think I would have tried to big time you or something? No, 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 I don't. I just, I no, it was more for Craig. Oh, okay. To designate us, I have been to. Yeah, we get a ninety-nine Nazi. No, but I've been to like four games this year. Like three of them have been in a, as a fan. Yeah, where I bought tickets, and I'll bring my credential. I'll come down. I'll listen to the post-game press conference, or I'll see Kevin before he walks into the press sure, press sure. conference. This one was the first one. Yeah, this was the first one of the year where I said to Craig, no, I, like, I actually need to see it. I actually do need to do some work. Okay. Might not be so lucky for the Duke game, though, because there's only so many seats. Yeah, but I, I think Craig will still take care of me. All right. I got faith. I got no problems being upstairs. You know what, though? I Actually, I don't mind being upstairs either. No. I actually got some work done. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you sit there. They have those big TVs now. It's not the Animatron or whatever the other thing was that you have. The Trinitron. Trinitron. The Trinitron, yeah. Um, yeah, they pulled all those out of there, but I actually got some work done while I was upstairs. Mm. Edited the beer and you podcast. could people watch. You could definitely oh, people yeah. watch. Oh yeah, I got no problems. Got like no problems. you had a better idea of how many people were in the building than I did. Yeah, and the crowd last night was pretty good. And we'll actually get into that now here in what's trending. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico. You got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call one eight hundred nine four seven auto. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. So the Jets lost 19-3 to at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was great for the Jaguars' playoffs hopes, awful for the Jets' playoffs mm-hmm. hopes. Both teams are now 7-8 and on the season. Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick in the 2021 draft. His stock going up just like the Jaguars. Zach Wilson's stock, however, headed down. He got benched in the second half for someone by the name of Chris Streveler. Who? Joe, I follow college football more closely than probably 98% of the population. I have no clue who Chris Streveler is. Who? who? In the in the uh, G4 chat, he has been dubbed the, the East Coast Taysom Hill. I don't know what that tells you, but... <laughs> but here's okay. my question for you. 22 games into Zach Wilson's career now. 15 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. His QBR is in the 30s. Is it over? For Zach Wilson, oh, no, it's, twenty-two it's, games. Yeah, it's it's completely done for Zach Wilson in New York. In New York, in okay. New York, somebody's gonna take a flyer on him somewhere else. They're they're gonna say, look, he wasn't supported correctly, things like that. Although Zach, and also Zach Wilson will get the classic white QB redemption story arc that a black quarterback would never get. If Zach Wilson was a black quarterback, he's a bust. It's a wrap. We'll never hear from him again. But he'll get that redemption, potential redemption arc, like any other number of white Jets quarterbacks who have flamed out, if we're being honest. But this is 
that, I, are, that are all on the Panthers. I mean, heck, he might be a Carolina Panther next year for all I freaking know. I mean, would it shock you at this point? But I saw this. I saw this from our friend Julian Council, who does the Locked On Panthers podcast. And he had said, Panther fans, look no further than the New York Jets to see an organizational failure of drafting the wrong QB again and again. Let's pray for a different fate. I don't think it's an organizational failure. I think it's a failure of the NFL draft industrial complex. Now, because whoa, whoa. the other thing that was taking place last night during this game, and I watched it because it was like a train wreck. When I got home, it was like a total train wreck second half, right? All the people who are now telling you, oh, the signs were always there for Zach Wilson to be bad. Stop it. Stop it. I know you're making a face. The reason why you're making a face is because you actually watch college football. The people who end up dictating the conversations around the draft don't. The people who are dictating the conversation around the draft are talking to agents. They're playing the engagement game of mock drafts. And they're believing what the coaches tell you, which oftentimes could be a smokescreen because they want guys to drop, go up, go down, etc. It's all gamesmanship. Okay, let's go back to the 2018 draft with the Jets. Okay. Okay, because I, I, I agree with Julian in the sense that just because you have a top five pick sure. and you use it on a quarterback doesn't mean it's coming home. Right. But I will say this for Sam Darnold in 2018. A lot of people had him as the number one quarterback in that draft class. Mm-hmm. And when the Browns reached and took a smaller Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. it was a surprise. Sure. So the Jets sitting there at number three, there were a lot of people who said, with the third pick, the Jets actually got the best quarterback in that draft. And how'd that pan out? Not great. Because, Which, again... Because Josh this, Allen ended up being the number seven pick. Th- this gets to my ultimate point. We don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. But people want to treat the le- the six months leading up right. to the draft with the ad nauseum conversations about, you can't miss on this guy. Oftentimes, and this is what 2021's class felt like, and I understand the I was going to say, let's get to 21. That's the coming out of the pandemic, we needed something to grab hold to. Sure. And that 2021 draft class was exactly it. It really moved the needle in terms of conversation. But go back and listen to every single lead up to a draft when we talk about quarterbacks. And I know Bomani Jones has done a feature on this on Game Theory where he tied crypto to sports and why crypto was always tied to sports because sports really does traffic in hope you got to get it on the ground floor of this pick it's gambling right like i know the secret that you don't when it comes to making money vegas doesn't want you to know my surefire secret to making money in football right around five and oh and picks this week get on board with me no but there there are, there are connections right? to how we talk about crypto and how we talk about gambling and sports i don't disagree with you which I- gets to my point about quarterbacks we treat it like crypto. It's very crypto-like. Man, if you miss out on this quarterback, this is a thing that the, the franchise is going to regret if you miss out on this guy. We don't know. So the Jets picked two yeah. in 21. Yeah. And I think you and I were on the same page about this. Yes, of course, Trevor Lawrence is number one. Yeah, yeah that was an obvious You thing. and I left the playoffs, though, watching Ohio State saying, okay, Justin Fields is two. Trey Lance didn't play the year of the pandemic, remember. Right. Right? Fields was just outstanding against Clemson and Alabama. And then all of a sudden, remember, in the weeks before the draft, it was, oh, the Jets love this kid from BYU. Mm -hmm. I I was asking the question last night, was Zach Wilson even good at BYU? Was he? No. Like, I remember people saying about, oh, this Trey Lance, this Trey Lance, this Trey Lance in the year that he played, okay? I remember no one, while the college football season was going on, saying, oh, you know, this Zach Wilson, he's 6'2". 
He's not a great runner. He's not a great passer. So what the hell are you? <laughs> Don't know. So I, in my opinion, I thought they went with conventional wisdom on Darnold. And I thought they got the best quarterback in that class coming out of college. Didn't pan out. In 21, I thought they did the opposite. I thought they reached for Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I I would not be ready to give up on Wilson if I were the Jets. But well, it's hard not to look at it and go, wait a second. The rest of our roster is such. It's pretty good. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So Drake May, North Carolina quarterback, talked to Pete Thamel at ESPN. And the headline reads... Transfer talk, $5 million NIL deal, all rumors. This all got kick-started on Monday with Mac Brown's press conference leading up to their bowl game where he talked about tampering. He talked about how Drake May was offered money. All you got to do is look at the top, uh, top of the recruiting rankings to see who that might be. And then you had Pat Narduzzi escalated even further in a radio interview saying, I know two schools that offered him $5 million. But Drake May, which I find interesting, Drake May has to be the Ute has to be the one that calms everything down. And May told Thamel that he agreed to an NIL deal with UNC's Heels for Life program. It denies that he and his family got any offers directly from any other schools, just that he had heard interest through the grapevine. Quote, some people were texting my high school coach about it. That's mainly what happened. People reached out to some of my representatives and NIL media people. So this gets to the crux of the conversation. What is tampering? Now, what 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 is that considered? Is it considered like Drake May said, contacting his high school coach, or his dad, or even whoever, whatever agents that he has that are, that are in place to set up to handle his NIL information? So there, to to me, all this stuff makes logical sense to me. Even if you're not in the transfer portal, you still have representation. And why wouldn't there be conversations with people? and your representation about what it might be like. Do you think that some people enter the portal without any idea of what it's going to be like for them? Or the fact that they don't enter the portal because there's been conversations about why you're going to stay here and heels for life, make sure the bag is secured. You see what I'm getting at here? My my problem with the way that coaches have been handling this publicly is that they're going to the same tired, blustery playbook about how Everybody else is doing something nefarious, and we're not. You know, Mac Brown talked up heels for life, as he should, because coaches should be talking up their collectives, just like they talked up boosters who helped with facilities improvements. But when you throw out tampering, we don't know what the rules are. Well, there are no rules. That's the thing. So if there are no rules, what is breaking them? What is breaking the rules? Well, what is the punishment for it? That's the other part because of this. Because Drake Who's May enforcing never, it? Drake May never put his name in the portal. He never did. We know that there are a number of Carolina four- and five-star players who did put their name in the portal, and that's what's supposed to signify, yes, yeah. I am interested in playing somewhere else. Yes, you can contact me or the people around me. So here's where my frustration with coaches starts to bubble up. If we don't know what the rules are and we don't know what the punishment is because there's no rules to enforce, therefore what are the consequences for breaking rules, what are coaches accomplishing by taking press conferences and just whining oh this is the way it is now it's this this, and that you know you guys are in control of this if you really wanted to stop it you would call out other programs for doing things that they should not be doing if you really wanted to stop it 
you would all gather around, you'd get on the same page, and you would come up with stuff like early signing period, which was theoretically supposed to help you. Now they all hate it. Well, why do they all hate it? Well, because Transfer Portal has added a layer of complexity to roster management that maybe they would want signing day to be pushed back again. I was going to say, well, or put it before the actual high school season starts. Or you that do it too. that way, too. Because or that, too. A lot of these kids commit after going to camp in the summer. Yeah. I'll say this, Joe, and I, I think the, the the path for college football is to allow players in on the revenue that they help generate. That is the media rights. Yes. That is the tickets. Because I think you are better off signing a player out of high school and signing them to a contract. If you believe in that player, sign them to a four-year contract. And then you can truly then discern who is tampering. And if somebody is trying to go sign your player, well, they can't. Because you have a contract with them. If you only want to sign a one-year deal with that player, then fine. Then you already know. Head on a swivel. That player's probably going to put their name into the portal and try to play the system to the best of their ability. Next up. NC State took care of Louisville last night. 76-64 for much of the game. In the first half especially, it was the DJ Burns show. The big boy led the Wolfpack last night with 17 points. Jaquavion Smith was slow to get going. The game was tied at 33 early in the second half. Smith hit his first three-pointer of the game. He hit two more. NC State went on a 17-0 run. Wolfpack ended up winning 76-64 for only their second win in 12 home ACC games. Yeah, that's But crazy. also their first ACC win of the season. I will, uh, I will say that the... I went to the game last night for sicko's reason. I'm not going to lie. Like, I had a couple people. Shout out to the PNC Arena crew. They're all great dudes. And I always I always crack up when they are they have, like, a surprise look on their face when I show up for, for certain things. We need to find a Harry. But, yeah, Tom and Dick are the two main security guards down. And Bud. Yes. Yeah, everyone knows Tom, Dick, and Bud. Yep. And they usually have this surprise look on this face for certain things that I show sure. up to. They're like, what are you here for? And every single one of them, I said, you know why I'm here? And they all just went, oh, oh yeah, okay, I got you. Because it's, but, I mean, if State loses last night, I mean, what what's today's show? Today's yeah. show is just taking phone calls all day, people mad. It's who's N NC State's next coach. And yeah. that kind of leads to the, the issue that NC State is facing. Because we got a Hey Joe question earlier today that wondered, hey, NC State's 11-3, and three, why isn't anybody happy? And it's like, because people have decided. They have made yeah. up their minds well, about Kevin Keats. Yeah. And they're just looking for reasons to further reinforce their dislike of Keats and wanting to go in a different direction. But NC State's got a decent squad. They're not a top-tier ACC team. They can score in bunches. Yeah. And I think the takeaway from last night, after they overcame some of those early, it's just before Christmas, it's Louisville, they're bad. The takeaway that I have from the Wolfpack right now is they seem to be able to overcome their two best players not being on. They have complimentary pieces that can step up. DJ Burns being an example yeah. of that. Casey they, Marcel being the other. Marcel's been the most consistent other guy to step up and hit big shots. Because last year we saw this with Terquavion Smith and Darian Sebron where everybody was just they couldn't hit yeah, shots. There, there was no third wheel. No third wheel. If they were off, State was off without fail, Darian Sebron or Terquavion Smith or both would have this run in them make things interesting, and then they'd run out of gas. I think this team could overcome that. 
Uh, it'll be curious to see when Isaiah Miranda is available to them. I know last night um, you kind of scoffed at Kevin Keats for saying that DJ Burns is in better shape than Isaiah Miranda, given what we see from the big boy, our big boy. Yes. So Miranda coming out of high school, middle middle of this year, and Kevin said, look, he was just in high school last week. So he, he has no idea. And we're throwing some concepts at him that he can't handle. So he's not ready to play. Now, they got nine. They have eight days until they play Clemson. I suspect we'll see some minutes from Miranda because it would be helpful. I think the shorter bursts you get from Burns, the better off Burns is going to be. Yeah. This concept of Miranda being a savior, though, the, the savior you are looking for is Burns. That's who you're looking for. By the way, Dusan Mahorsic was there. He, he was. had a, he had a uh, on his he had a brace on the knee, right knee. But Levi Watkins saw him in the hallway, and and Mahorsic was walking by, and he goes, "We got a chance." He said, "Now we have a chance to get this guy back." And I said, "Oh, interesting." Let's get to the top story of the day. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. The Canes did it again last night. And they'll possibly do it again tonight. We'll discuss next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group all right boys and girls i've got two minutes for two things about the hurricanes 4-3 overtime win in pittsburgh and none of them involve <laughs> see auntie ranta can win right oh you were all so worried piotr kachekov's not playing what do we do Auntie Ranta was fine, and the Hurricanes are good. That's why they have points in 13 straight games, including wins in their last seven. But here are the two things. The first thing is, you know how we love Trip Tracy, right? Well, get a load of this after Jalen Chatfield scores his very first goal. Another chance, and they score! Chatfield, number one of his career, puts Carolina up 2-1. to one. I've been waiting to say this all year. And then Kokiniemi along with Table, they go to the front of the net, beats Jari high to the glove, and I'm going to Chatmandu. Yeah, I laugh too. I played it a hundred times. All right, so that goal, by the way, very nice. It gave Carolina a 2-1 lead. But how about the goal that got them even? Jordan Stahl again. Three games in a row with a goal, six goals in his last 10, 10 for the year. Here's the thing about it. Tripp had just said that he had asked Jordan Stahl a couple of days prior what one word would best describe this Hurricanes team, and he said resilient. And then the camera pans to 
Jordan Stahl on the bench. There's about six minutes left in the game, and Jordan Stahl is just nodding his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's ready to go out and make a difference. And don't you know, the next shift, Dylan Coughlin shoots the puck wide of the net. Stahl picks up the puck behind the net, wraps around. Goal. We're tied. We go to overtime. Jacob Slavin wins it. The captain is coming through in a huge way because he's a huge man. Those are my two things. Now let me go listen to Seeger. Okay, I got, I got, I got two things myself. One, sometimes I want to tell Adam, log off, log off, get off Twitter during a game. Don't do it. Don't tweet or don't look at your mentions. Although at this rate, the way Twitter is going, you can't even really look at your mentions. Oh, yeah, anyway, doesn't like really work. The whole, the whole freaking app is broken. But like the whole Auntie Ranta thing. Nobody says Auntie Ranta can't play, especially on the front end of a back-to-back. Although it's possible that Peter Kochekov got a little dinged up in that in that Devils game, but it's fine. Nobody's saying that Ranta can't play. The whole conversation has been about Piotr is the guy. Keep him playing within the context of the regular season. So that's number one. Number two, protect Trip Tracy at all costs. All costs. I know hockey nicknames are supposed to be snappy. Yeah. But how in the world do the Canes have a player named Dylan Coglin that his nickname is not Cocktails and Dreams? <laughs> and how have we not had him on this program? Well, we'll correct that okay. in 2023. Because if we get Elizabeth Shue on this program, too, that would be amazing. Now, this is why I told Gold to log off. Okay. This is why I'm telling him to log off. There's this uh, hockey Substack guy. Uh, he goes by Jay Fresh. And he put out a poll of various things about fan bases. So you got like, which NHL team has the most annoying fan base? Who would you think is number one? Rangers, Bruins. Maple Leafs. Rangers, number two. Canadians, number three. Uh, fan base with the most, that's the most delusional about their team's chances of success. You get one guess. The Leafs. The Leafs, right? <laughs> you know, which fan base is the most unhinged and prone to melting down over next to nothing? The NC State, the England, <laughs> the Blue, Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs. This is the one that I found most fascinating. Which NHL fan base is low-key more annoying than they get credit for, quote-unquote credit for, and the Carolina Hurricanes were number one by a mile in this poll that I don't even know where it came from. But you know what? I absolutely agree because, you know, people act like, oh, nobody pays attention to the Canes. Oh, no, they do, and they find you annoying, which is why sometimes, and I've said this to Luke DeCock as well, Log off and go touch grass. It'll be better for you. Actually, Luke just blocks people. That's what Luke does. He's a blocker. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. The OG, alongside Joe Chilio. I'm Joe Obvious. We've been counting down the top OG moments of 2022. This is the last show we're doing together as a group. We got bowl games next week. I think you're only doing what, like one and a half shows next week? Yeah, where well, I'm here Tuesday. Dennis is with me. Yeah, and then Wednesday, Dennis and I have a 90 minute special. The living the dream. 
I I cannot tell you how excited I am for Living a ninety minute 90 program. Ninety minutes, you're gonna be fired up. So all gas, no brakes. The top the top six include we were right about Matt Rule all along, and we love telling you that we were right. ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips is annoyed by us. We have the Carolina Hurricanes postseason run last year, which involved you know kid correspondence. Sweaty man boobs in Whalers tank tops. People getting kicked out drunk. It was a hell of a playoff time for our the Carolina Hurricanes. Our introduction to Graham. Yes, was right. it? It was. The G-Wagon? Yes, it was our introduction to Graham. How could we forget? And then we poured one out for the Coastal. Number two. We almost pulled it off, Joe. And some could actually say we did. When we were in New it Orleans. It can be argued. When we were in New Orleans for the Final Four. Spoiler alert, that might come up later. I went into this witch shop and I bought some candles, including a curse reverse candle and a clean house spell kit. All of that was in anticipation for the upcoming NC State football season, which people had big expectations for. So we did the ceremony outside Carter-Finley Stadium. Do you have some of that audio, uh, Dennis, from the curse reverse? He's on the phone right now. So we did the spell. And I think the spell worked because when they went to ECU, ECU missed a kick. I was going to say, so NC State went 8-4. and four, Yes. But they won two games via a missed kick by the opponent. Yeah, including the Carolina game. And so it was the two teams in the state who they probably wanted to beat the most. They also beat four ranked teams with four different quarterbacks, Joe. So through that prism. I would say that the curse reverse worked. I also think you were out of town for the Boston College game. Yeah, I wasn't in town. That was the wedding? I, I didn't light the candle. There was no candle? No, that's yeah. Where that, that's where the P.I. call yep, came in. Yep. And, I, that's when I was there. My brother my brother and his groomsmen were watching the end of that game. On, I even texted you. I'm like, hey, uh, do you have the candle? I'm up in the stands. You're like, no, I'm currently at my brother's wedding getting ready for the reception. But here's some of our curse reverse. By flag of my forebearers, be blessed this, this home. home. No, no evil, evil may enter, enter. No, no hatred may roam. roam, may all love be welcome in, in this fortress of stone. stone. By f- <laughs> you had the, uh, what do we have? We had the stuff that we poured in front of the visitor's area. It was yarrow, or was it ginger? Or was that the uh, the hounds of hell? Both. I think it was all sorts of stuff, right? We had a lot. In retrospect. Peter Golenbach's book. Well, yeah, we had we a- poured uh, out the 81 Klimp. Soon. We had a copy. Coke. We had a copy of the world, the College World Series game. We we had a box score, yes, yeah. from the uh, from Omaha. Yep. I would say, looking back on it, given the circumstances, imagine what NC State season would have been had we not done six that. and six. They would have lost to ECU. They would have made that kick. They would have lost to Carolina to end the season with Ben Finley as their quarterback. I mean, come on now. I would say that the curse reverse candle worked. A success for us. We'll all be back together again in 2023. Fingers crossed. I'm assuming my key card will still work on January 3rd when we come back. Hoping mine works. Yeah, right. You never Speak know. Man. for yourself. You never know, man. Crazy things. I've heard some crazy stories in this radio business. Just saying. But yeah, we, we, we have the second off. That's a Monday. Oh, okay. And then third. we'll be back the third, which is a Tuesday. Got it. So there we go. We got bowl games and all this other crazy stuff going on. So we've gone down the top OG moments of 2022. We had 
being right about Matt Rule. We we called it in July when we were doing ancillary content for our Miller High Life bit where we went out outside Bank of America Stadium and we poured one out for Matt Rule, knowing he was going to get fired this year. So we got that one right. Jim, We annoyed Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. That provided some wonderful moments. We had the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs for the Carolina Hurricanes. It didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but it did provide some memorable moments from butt tattoos to Miller, our Canes correspondent. Uh, as Dennis mentioned, it did introduce the world to Graham Hill. Who can G-Wagon. forget, right? Um, Boston fans who got into fights, all sorts of crazy stuff. And then we poured one out for the Coastal Division. It was a wrap. And then we did the Curse Reverse Candle, which I argue was successful, all things considered. You look at 8-4, and four, I see something that could have been a hell of a lot worse had it not been for the Curse Reverse Candle, all right? We softened the blow, which gets us to number one. How could it not be? March 5th, this year, Cameron Indoor Stadium, Carolina going there and ruining Mike Krzyzewski's farewell. This isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That, no, please, no, please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Of course, Carolina fans found that. Very acceptable for what happened. And now that we have spent several months past what happened at the Final Four, we're still here. They're still playing basketball. Duke didn't shut down the program. Carolina's still kind of trying to find itself after that. But we're always going to have that moment at Cameron Indoor Stadium because there's two things that stick out to me from that, that game. That was one of them. Watching Mike Krzyzewski come out for what was supposed to be a triumphant end of his career at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And his family was going to be there, and he had no time for it. None. And the fans just didn't understand. Fans didn't get it. Like They were like, oh, we'll cheer you up. You know nothing of your coach, do you? He does not want to be cheered up. He wants to wallow in this, all right? How do I know that? And you don't. The second part of it was, what, 96 former players? It was a really cool ceremony to start. If... If Even if you're a Duke hater, you have to recognize the cool moment of 96 of your players throughout your entire career being there. NBA legends, okay, ACC legends. But sitting across so where our media seats are, Joe, are across from the Duke bench. And when I stopped watching the game, knowing it was going to go in the direction of Carolina, and I focused my eyes on the 96 players behind the bench as they started to realize, holy crap, this is really it's happening. This way. It's yeah. really going to end this way. And that is a surreal moment that I will never forget. And it will be etched into rivalry lore the rest of the way. That's easily my number one OG moment of 2022. Not the Final Four. No, not the Final Four. Okay. The Final Four actually ended up being a good game. Yeah. Um, it, it just was a good game. Both teams, both, game. Team, both teams played hard. You know, I think the candles helped with that too. Because remember, I, we did the mojo bags while we were in uh, in New Orleans. Final Four was fun. It was my first radio row. That's right. We ran into Chris Beard, Texas Saint, uh, Texas coach, who didn't like my line of questioning. He nope. said this to me. So, but so, how much of that eventually kind of gets to you though in the moment? Like, for instance, you in Texas Tech. It doesn't get to me at all. Okay, that's it. Just yeah. nothing. Just keeping it moving. The players don't. Even, they're not. They're not bothered by it at all either. Bothered by what? Or just. 
all the dynamics that might play into an event like this. I'm the coach of Texas. I thought we were going to talk about Texas basketball today. Well, I mean, we're also at the Final Four, too. Yeah. A bunch of other things going on. <laughs> the one and only time, Jillio had to be the good cop. And then Jillio finally got his Bill Walton experience. I did. It was glorious. It was so good. And uh, he's talking about the Grateful Dead. I, I tried to vibe with Bill Walton on Grateful Dead. It did not go my way. And so and after every show I went to, and I've been to more than 1,000 shows over the 55 years. Yeah. Uh, Eddie or Ramrod or somebody would hand me a copy of the tapes. <laughs> and and so I would go home and, and listen to them immediately. And, and then I, and then I, I would, uh, you know, and I would save them. And, and I would pull them out randomly and just listen. And, and just it was fantastic. So Seems I had very this. specific. I, Ramrod. Uh, Ramrod. No, no. <laughs> So Ramrod's another story. <laughs> you couldn't have made that up. It, it, it takes longer to tell that story than we probably have on this show. But, but it, it's one of the great stories ever. <laughs> and anyway. So this year at the Final Four, the very first question for Bill Walton has right. to be, all right, we have plenty of time. Yeah. Give it to us. We're not I here need yet. the Ramrod story. We could have Duke Carolina Final Four Part 2. No. Bill, we're talking about Ramrod. Let's get down to that. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.